Welcome to Sports Talk, hour number two of the program, right here in front of you. And for the next hour, Jimmy and I always look forward to when we get to be joined by our own Vince Ferrara. He does so via the Stanley Fencing and Gates hotline and his appearance brought to you by Waters Equipment. Vince, how are you? I am good, guys. How you doing? Doing well. Uh, big thumbs up and certainly hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Hope the uh, that Mama Ferrara and everybody's back home, uh, everybody back home is fine. Yeah, uh, they are, and, you know, like a lot of people around the country doing a little bit quieter and smaller get-togethers, you may have heard, we us Italians, we kind of have big gatherings with the table extensions and food for miles and all that with a million people there. Well, uh, kind of been dialed back, uh, obviously, this year, but still had uh, the family got together down in Tampa and everybody's staying safe. And uh, it was quiet for me here, but it was a day to, to cook and uh, watch some football. So, uh, so, yeah, quiet, but still quality. I hope you guys had a great one also. Yeah, word on social media was you authored the greatest mashed potatoes you've ever authored before. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm not a I'm not a, a bragger, and I don't get a chance to, to cook that all, as, as frequently as I'd like. But you know, usually once or twice a year, uh, a year, you know, uh, fire up mashed potatoes, and these are better than I can ever remember. Now this is me cooking. This is not. I even. <laughs> I was even describing that to my mom. She asked me how, how the cooking went, and I said, it's the best mashed potatoes I've ever made, and she misunderstood and said, oh, no, that's not true. I said, I'm not comparing it to yours. I didn't say ever had, just yeah. me, all right? Not, not uh, There is no comparison. So, yeah, it, it, went, uh, it went really well, and uh, all the leftovers are gone, too, as well. Hey, Vince, you need to put a picture of those mashed potatoes out there and see if you can get as many hits as my gumbo did. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no chance, Jimmy. You're just like trying to reach Mama Ferrara's cooking. There's some things you just can't you just can't get to, so you just let that let that ride on its own. <laughs> well, Vince, Tennessee, trying to get back in the swing of things. They've played uh, they've played two games in the last five weeks. Uh, they have a tall order in taking on a Florida team that has won five straight games after its only loss to Texas A&M. Tennessee, on the other hand, after a 2-0 start, has dropped its last five outings and for whatever reason just can't seem to uh, produce much, at, if at anything, after the start of the third quarter. Um, what do you think in terms of where each program is as they renew their rivalry? Yeah, and uh, obviously a couple of things. One, to what you said, John, the Tennessee starting two and zero in the season, and it has it will be almost two months Saturday since Tennessee last had a victory, and that was over Missouri on October third. So I mean, you're talking about two months without a win during the football season. That is incredible, and then it's been 42 days, or will be 42 days uh, since Tennessee last played at home, and that was against Alabama. Uh, on October 24th. So um, just uh, both of those things uh, have just haven't seen them with home games and, and obviously wins. And, uh, you know, we saw them, John, against Arkansas coming off of their first open week, played in the first half, had the lead, put a little bit better. I think they played great, but they played on defense better than, than overall on offense because they were so conservative. So you saw a little bit of improvement there, and then the second half issues popped up again. Then the next open week going into Auburn, I thought they played better 
and had a little bit more improvement with the ability to run the football line of scrimmage, but it kind of evened out in the second quarter and then the second half happened again. So are they, are they making progress with each one of their open weeks? We'll see. But if they have the same incremental improvement off of this bye week from Auburn, it's going to fall well short of what they need it to be to beat Florida on Saturday. So obviously Florida brings so much to the table, but we're going to have to see something drastic from Tennessee's end in terms of improvement on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. Uh, Tennessee's pass defense numbers are, are good in terms of the passing touchdowns they've given up, but that's pretty deceiving because Tennessee has given up big chunk plays. They're giving up, obviously, those third-down conversions that you guys have outlined, the difference in third-down conversion offense to defense and far and away the worst in the league. I think the difference is 18 percentage points now. So they're not getting off the field. They're giving up yards, and then teams are running it in from – in the red zone as well. So I think I think there's plenty of area improvement on both sides of the ball. And then obviously keeping up with Florida is is just hard to envision Tennessee being able to do, even if they're much better on offense. And then I'm sure we'll get to it. But who's the quarterback and how do they play? That's another big question for Saturday. Well, let's get to this because it's some news that's come out, Vince. Tennessee and UT Martin. UT Martin has been added to the basketball schedule for the Vols. The game is December the 9th. It'll be at 7 o'clock. It'll be at Thompson Bowling Arena. Uh, these teams have only met four times previously, and some folks might remember that it was on November the 15th that UT Martin's head coach, Anthony Stewart, died suddenly. Uh, the interim coach is Montez Robinson, who had been at Alcorn State the previous five years as a head coach. But Tennessee working in UT Martin before the December the 12th game against Cincinnati, and they're trying to add some more games. How significant is it, do you think, for Tennessee to try to add some of these non-conference games before they dive into SEC play? Well, clearly, by Rick Barnes wanting to do this, and and you heard that they were trying to, to do that and adding some games, it, it tells you that uh, Rick Barnes does want some work, that he's not just going to fall back on the ability of his players and, of course, the, the returning players as well you have a lot of new parts on that basketball team, so you want to get them some work. But there's a number of other teams that aren't going to to uh, have the, the games under their belt going into conference play that Tennessee will either. So I think everybody's going to be impacted in some way. But uh, I, I don't know. Last time we talked to Mike Schwartz, who did an awesome job, by the way, when he met with the media. He sounded like, mm-hmm. a, like, he was, like he's – running his own Power 5 program, which I think he could very well be doing before long. But he mentioned that they hadn't been able to have all 13 of their guys for, for scrimmage situations yet because of, of players being in and out. So uh, they clearly want to get some of that, some of the game work. I, I don't think it's a any sort of season-changing thing if they don't get to play UT Martin. But Anytime you can get some of these freshmen and newcomers and players a little bit more acclimated to their teammates, uh, I think it'll be beneficial. And, you know, obviously it'll be emotional for for UT Martin as well and and good for Tennessee to work that out. What players are you specifically more interested in watching perhaps than others to see what kind of impact they'll have? 
Well, uh, obviously the two five stars and Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson, because we've heard so much about how their base is defense. And then they have tremendous offensive games and athleticism as well, especially Keon Johnson, who shows up in some first-round NBA mock drafts, and, and there's the, the thought that he could be a, a one-and-done type. So there's huge expectations with those two kids. So obviously they're, they're such so different than what maybe Tennessee has seen in a long time. You're you're gonna be we're gonna be drawn to them. But after that I think it's Victor Bailey Jr. and his impact. Uh, just watching some of his games at Oregon, watching him in practice when you know we were last year when we were able to see some of it and, and being there doing ball network pregame player interviews he's I think he can be a difference maker for this team. Now will he start? I don't know because there's a ton of competition. But I'm curious to see his impact as well. And that's another guy that can really on ball defend. And now you have three newcomers that can on ball defend and then the expectation that the other players in that backcourt will be better defending. And you have the SEC defensive player of the year from the year ago in E Ponds. Uh, the way Tennessee switches defensively uh, w- with their athleticism and, and arm length, not necessarily height, but arm length, uh, they, they have all their players can defend in different spots on the floor. So, uh, But in terms of specific players, to answer your question, Jimmy, that, those would be the first three where it starts, and then obviously E.J. Anasicki and Corey Walker and, and you know just the interest in all of them, but I, I'd start with those three. That's Vince Ferrara. I'm John Wilkerson with Jimmy Hyams to join us, 656-9900, 656-9900. Vince's appearance brought to you by Waters Equipment. This is Sports Talk on 99.1, The Sports Animal. From the Budweiser Studios of The Sports Animal. History began on July 4th, 1776. Everything before that was a mistake. We are 99.1, The Sports Animal. Sports Talk continues with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson. Our guest, Vince Ferrara. Vince's appearance brought to you by Waters Equipment. To join us, 656-9900-656-9900. It's Randy who's up next. Hello, Randy. Randy, you with us? Randy going once. All right, let's put Randy back on hold. Lines available, 656-9900-656-9900. Vince, for folks that uh, weren't, have uh, kind of been hit and miss with the build-up to and now post-holidays, you had a pretty special show on In the Cage MMA Radio week before this past one, and you have a different time slot this week, correct? That's right. We are airing Wednesday night, 9 to 10 p.m. You know, this time of season with basketball, with the balls and lady balls, uh, we have to switch the schedules out a, a little bit and, and just be real flexible with our midweek uh, specialty programming. So we are airing Wednesday night, 9 to 10, right after ball calls here on the Sports Animal. And we're right now we already have two UFC fighters that are fighting this weekend in Vegas booked for the show, and there's a chance we might get a third that we're working on, which 
two will be the most we've had from any one show. Three, I'll put that up against anybody's MMA show on any platform. <laughs> um, and all three of them are fighting this weekend in Vegas for the UFC. So we're excited about that. Cody Durden and VFL Ovin St. Peru are on the card. And uh, Nate Landwehr is another fighter that is uh, is on the card from Valor Fighting Challenge. So it really reflects how this regional promotion based there in Knoxville that, that I do uh, cage, cage side commentary for uh, how, how many of these fighters are talented and moving on to, you know, the big leagues air quotes. So, and then obviously with the local product in over in St. Peru. And then, you know, last week we had Joe Martinez who was doing the in uh, cage in octagon announcing uh, for the UFC, we had him on the show last week, and he was awesome. And he has a baseball background, and was bragging on Chase Headley, who he called his games uh, like Elsinore uh, in the in the minor leagues. And you know, he's a Cal State Fullerton grad, so he knew all about Dave Serrano, and really loved him when he was out there on the on the West Coast. So uh, fun to not only talk MMA but talk baseball with uh, Joe Martinez, who was really really cool. And, uh, and, of course, you guys, uh, you have that archive. Very easy for folks to, uh, to to listen either via the website or through Facebook, right? That's right. Uh, you can go to 991thesportsanimal.com. You can go to the show page, and it's there. You can find MKH MMA Radio there or any of our other great shows and listen to all the archives there. Or the audio tab is just the podcast, so you can find the show tab there. Normally Thursdays 8 to 9 but this week, special time, Wednesday night, 9 to 10, right after of all calls. And then, of course, uh, social media, uh, we, we put the, those podcasts out after the show there as well. But listen to it live. Um, we're excited about it. Tim Loy and I will have a fun show this coming Wednesday. Let's try Randy again. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Randy. Hello, John and Jimmy and Vince. How you doing? Doing well. Hope you are. Yes, doing fine. I hope you're having a nice Christmas season. So far, so good. Hope the same for you. Yes, sir. That's that is good. I um I was listening to uh, something Jimmy said a couple of weeks ago, and it was so spot on. He said that Coach Brown said that UCLA um, when they would recruit uh, a lot of the players had uh, film part. They would uh, get them film parts and or small roles in TV shows and movies out there. And that is so true. Um, Back on Wooden's first team in 48 and 49, there was a player named Krecker O'Hanian of Armenian descent. Um, I think by then he changed his name to Mike Connors, who later became Mannix on the TV show. Well, there was a Hollywood director watching the game. named His last name was Wellman. He was a real famous director. And I don't know his first name, but he's real famous. He went up to Coach Wooden and asked, after the game and asked him who that – number so-and-so was and he said um oh that's um mike connors we call him touch because of his shooting touch we call him touch connors pretty good shooter huh uh mr wellman he said well i'm not i don't care about a shooting touch he's got a very expressive face can you uh give me an appointment with him so the rest is history that very expressive face got, got him uh the tv role manics eventually William and then wellman. mike William Wellman's who you're talking about. Okay. And, and Mike Warren played played on the 
great UCLA team. He eventually came Bobby Joe Hill on Hill Street Blue, or Bobby Joe something on Hill Street Blues. And I think he took that name from Bobby Joe that played point guard for Texas Western. And he was a film studies major at UCLA. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I don't know if this was during his time at UCLA, but he was in a movie. I think it, he made contacts with Bruce Lee and people at that time. He was in a movie with Bruce Lee. I think it was called Enter the Dragon. Yep, and he was. was. In, a, in a martial arts fight with uh, Bruce Lee, and he got uh, he made contacts while he was at UCLA. But that, that also holds true for USC. Um, Tom Selleck. Actually, they had a better film studies program than UCLA. And uh, Mickey Mantle once told, told Tom Selleck that he had a future in baseball. And Tom Selleck was a volleyball, basketball, and baseball player at USC and was very good. And um, so that, was, that's def, that is definitely a recruiting tool out there for UCLA and USC. Uh, and I guess they still use it, that they can get you bit parts and TVs and movies and so forth. But, um, yeah, that was interesting what Coach Brown said. That reminded me of some things that um, that had went on through the years out there. Uh, hey, what do you think about the Maui Classics? Isn't that bizarre that the Maui Classics <laughs> over in Cherokee, North Carolina? Yes. That's, that's but, very but we've also had we also had the Rose Bowl played over in the Carolinas one year. So it's just uh, just a very odd, odd landscape and just another chapter, Vince, in, in such a unique sports year that is 2020. You know, yeah. and they, you know, not having the audio up, they uh, swerved me earlier because they were showing video coming back from and going to break of Maui, and now they're doing it again. <laughs> they're showing the video, uh, all this footage of Hawaii, and you're like, Wow, are they actually out there, and then you realize they're not. So that's right. Um, yeah, yeah. Why Here's not? this wonderful shot of the Little Pigeon River. <laughs> <laughs> that's bizarre. I had a chance. Are you still there? Yes. I had a chance. I got a call today, and they asked me if I wanted to come over and work the tournament of the Maui Classic in Cherokee, and. I told him to give me some time to think about it. All I'd have to do is um, stay in the gym overnight, make sure the doors are locked, make sure nobody gets in. <laughs> That's all I'd have to do is what they told me, so I'm giving it some thought. <laughs> yeah. So instead of Maui, it's the Pisgah National Forest. So <laughs> same diff. Yeah. Same diff. That's true. Yeah. Hey, thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. Randy, we appreciate you. We've got uh, more with Vince Ferrara coming up. His appearance brought to you by Waters Equipment. To join us, 656-9900, star 990 is free. For AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers, the toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. That's how you join Sports Talk on 99.1, the sports animal. Follow us on Twitter at Sports Radio WNML to keep up with breaking sports news. Now, back to Sports Talk with John Wilkerson and Jimmy Hyams on 99.1 The Sports Animal. Our guest, Vince Ferrara, his appearance brought to you by Waters Equipment. Let's go back to the phones. It's Ray who's up next. Hello, Ray. Good afternoon, guys. Uh... I appreciate the uh, the basketball news that we were getting here. I 
it's very exciting for our university and very exciting for our listeners here to be able to have the, something to hang on to during this uh, rough time football season. So I hope our basketball team don't let us down this year, uh, which I don't think they will. Uh, but the reason why I was calling in is, uh, you know, I ain't heard nobody call in. You know, our women basketball, we do have a women basketball team. We're still at the University of Tennessee, right? I mean, we're still going to play this year. Yeah, so they've already know, played one. They play tonight. Yeah, yeah, they play tonight. We're we're not in nowhere to be found in the top 25. Uh, that's pretty heartbreaking. Uh, but I say all that to say this. You know, I've heard Jimmy, which I bless his heart. Oh, I love you guys to death. But uh, Bill, Will Mustang is a, I, I like the guy, the coach, and I think he would be a good a- asset to our football team. But at the, if you look at the whole picture, wouldn't that be putting a Band-Aid on a broken uh, – I mean, just trying to put a Band-Aid on something that's been broken or whatever – so, you know, I think our football team has a lot deeper problem uh, than, uh, you know, bringing a defensive coach in. I don't think we're going to wake up one morning and we're going to be better coaches because we we got better uh, uh, defensive staff to work with or whatever. Uh, I, I don't think we're taking advantage of our offensive playmakers. I don't think we're, the play call has been terrible this year. I mean, you look around, you might say, well, we had an awful year because everything's been bad with the, the disease and COVID and all this stuff. But everybody went through that. There's other teams that bring in new coaching staff, a brand-new quarterback as a freshman, and, and had their offense looking like something that you can watch. We have an offense that we, that's terrible to watch. Uh, we know what's going to happen before it happens sometimes. And it's really heartbreaking that the Tennessee fan continue to have to go through uh, this seem like every year. And I don't know if Pruitt, uh, I mean, there's red flags going up on every head coach that we brought in since Philip Palmer. And we're, we're, we're not paying attention to these red flags. Uh, I mean, what, what, what are we going to have to do to get our football team back on track? It's not just one player or one coach. It, I mean, it, it's been – you look at our team. We're not ready to play most of the time. We're not enthused most of the time. And we can't coach quarterbacks, period. Period. We don't have anybody to coach quarterbacks. I don't care what you say. Quit making excuses. We do not have any coach to coach quarterbacks down there. If we did, we'd be playing a different quarterback. Okay, so just let me get this straight, Ray. You're asking us a question, but you don't care what we say. That works. Vince? Well, there's a lot there. Um, Oh, there's so much there. There's so much there. My goodness. I won't take up the rest of the hour addressing everything, but he, he said that, Tennessee isn't prepared to play. Well, the first half isn't the problem. It's been the second half that's been the issue. I mean, you certainly that's worthy of uh, of criticism and them not having any answers in the second half and teams adjusting and maybe Tennessee doesn't adjust to the adjustments. So that's fair game. And, and look, the record is what it is. So I'm not saying that this this coaching staff doesn't deserve criticism because the results are the most important thing. Um, but I, I don't, 
I don't know that you can just, uh, you know, for for Tennessee standpoint, um, you can just say that they have a bunch of playmakers and it's all about the coaching. Uh, I think that's still to be determined if they have the, the the players. Now the quarterback situation, yes, they haven't developed a quarterback, but maybe their future quarterback is Harrison Bailey, and maybe they just haven't put him out there. That was very interesting, Jeremy Pruitt when he was asked about have you guys put in more uh, given Harrison Bailey more of the playbook and he said well it's not about the playbook it's about opportunity well Jeremy Pruitt is the one that can give him that opportunity and that's what fans have been have been wanting from him Uh, so if that's the only thing put him out there um so I, I thought that was that was noteworthy. And look, it's to be determined on Bailey. You know, maybe uh, you know, maybe uh, Sharon Jones uh, uh, is is the answer for from next year's class. Who knows? Maybe yeah, those I mean, group of wide Salter. receivers. Caden Salter. I'm sorry. Yeah, Caden Salter. Maybe those. Maybe the four receivers that they brought in. I guess it was technically five. Uh, maybe some of those are going to be great playmakers in the future. But I, I don't see where there's all of these guys, these weapons that aren't being utilized right now. Uh, it comes back to the quarterback. they got to get that right, and then I think you'll start to see some other things develop on uh, beyond it. And, look, last year, Jim Chaney, the offense wasn't great last year either, and there wasn't the coronavirus to have to, to lean back on and miss practices. So uh, at some point, it's it's either the chemistry of the coaching staff, or to me the quarterback, and um, you know, so there's just there's obviously a lot of issues. It's not just one thing. Well, I think it's the quarterback. I don't think you can win with the guy, and so I don't think you can say that they did a poor job developing him. Some people just don't have enough to be developed. If you can't develop Bailey and or Keaton Salter, now you got a problem. But Jim Chaney has too long of a track record of developing quarterbacks. He did it. You want to go back to Drew Brees, Tyler Bray, Jake Fromm, Brandon Allen, Arkansas, Nathan Peterman at Pitt. He's done it with a lot of quarterbacks in different ways. So I, I just think that they're in a tough situation where they don't have a quarterback that they can win with at a high level, and Bailey is not yet ready. But I, Vince, I'm with you, which I think what you're saying. You need to start yeah. Bailey and let him play and see what you got. Yeah, I think they should have already done so, but at this point. You know, he is. I think they need to go that route. Here's the thing: we don't know, as you guys have talked about, we don't know who that one quarterback is that's been in contact tracing. And if they're not practicing all week, but then they're cleared, or for more than a week, and then they're cleared just before the game, if it's Bailey and he hasn't been practicing, you you're certainly not going to trot him out there. I guess Garantano, you would be more willing to do it. But I don't know that this coaching staff would do that. Have a quarterback in contact tracing, and then suddenly you're going to throw him out there when you've said what you said about Harrison Bailey. Uh, and look, Jeremy Pruitt is not going to get—he's not going to get credit for whatever happens, guys. If if he if he's forced, if it's Garantano that ends up being the quarterback in contact tracing, and he's forced to go with Bailey, he's not going to get credit for that. If Harrison Bailey plays well, fans are going to say, well he should have been playing Harrison Bailey. If Harrison Bailey doesn't play well, then you can then fans are going to say, well, they don't uh, recruit the right quarterbacks or develop quarterbacks there. And, and then if it's Jared Garantano and we see the same old, same old, 
but he's obviously going to continue to get criticized for there. So there's a short of shocking the world and beating Florida. I don't know how Jeremy Pruitt is going to get any credit for anything positive that, that happens coming out of this game on Saturday at the, for the quarterback position specifically. Let's get a call from Steve. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Steve. Hey, fellas. Hey. Hey. Hey, Steve. Fellas, who are some linebacker candidates for this recruiting class? A boy out of Miami may not be going to Tennessee. Who are some other linebacker candidates you know of out there that we're recruiting that we might have a shot at? I've heard there's a few of them, so I'd like to know. Anybody spring to mind, Vince? Uh, not at the top of the top of my head. I mean, you know, obviously they've they were in the mix for Terrence Lewis out of out of Miami. I think is, right. is what he's referring to, but that's probably still a long shot. And, you know, that position has been pretty quiet, honestly. Um, just trying to think. Uh, there's even some guys that are committed elsewhere. Uh, there's the there's Trevin Wallace, who's an inside backer from. Uh, Wayne County in Georgia, but I, I don't know that Tennessee. That's hot. Tennessee's hot in the mix for him. Um, gosh, I, I don't. I, no, no other guys come to mind at the moment. There may be some, some other guys. You know, maybe you know, in in um, a little bit lower rated that that they might be looking at, but uh, but really not anything that that I can think of that Tennessee's cooking in. Jimmy, anyone uh, come to mind? No, I'm looking over my list, and I'm not seeing uh, many linebackers on that list that uh, that Tennessee is in on. I, I don't. They had a really good can... haul last year, which I mean, right. you don't. You want to make sure that you continue to add to that position group and meeting room one year to the next. But I mean, they really did well at the position with that trio they brought in from West Tennessee, especially. Um, and Jimmy, they've they've wound up being the uh, the bridesmaid uh, for a couple of top targets um, as. Vince already mentioned you had the very notable, noteworthy decommit. Right, yeah, and position. I, I don't, I don't know that Tennessee can get back in on Prince Colley, who's committed elsewhere. So that, that's one of the linebackers I'm, I see on the board that's a, an outside shot. But I, right. I don't, on my list, uh, I don't see, Steve, I don't see many uh, linebacker candidates on the, on, on the list I've got. Right. And, Steve, real quick, to John's point, Tennessee isn't necessarily short in numbers at the linebacker position. What they need is for some of these guys to develop. They have too many guys that they have brought in that haven't been difference makers and haven't been able to contribute. You expected more out of J.J. Pierce and Kovaris Crouch. has had a role in this defense, but there are many that expected him to be a starter and a difference maker early on. You know, I thought we'd we'd see more of an impact in the second year from Roman Harrison. You know, Aaron Beasley and Salam Page; those are are just guys that are, are in mop up duty. But there are the the last year's class. There's at least four of them. Plus, you added Jeremy Banks back in, and he's still got eligibility. So, um, I, I don't think it's a dire position in terms of numbers, but they need some of those guys to work out. And they, that's the biggest thing, and at least add to it to the class a little bit. Right. Okay. Well, okay then, guys. Y'all hang in there. Tell you what, to prove that i am got mental problems, I'm going to pick us to play the heck out of Florida Saturday. 
we're going to play the fire out of them. And, well, uh, they're rested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I do. I think we'll uh, give them a close game. But uh, I'd love to see it. But, Steve, we sure do appreciate it. Thank you very much. We'll get a break. We've got a final segment with Vince Ferrara coming up. His appearance brought to you by Waters Equipment as you listen to 99.1, The Sports Animal. Over 20 years of the top-rated afternoon sports show in Tennessee. This is Sports Talk with John Wilkerson and Jimmy Hyams on 99.1, The Sports Animal. Final segment to hour number two of Sports Talk. A final segment with our own Vince Ferrara. His appearance brought to you by Waters Equipment. Reed heard the cue to call. Joins us now as he tries to score a Ford. Reed, how are you? I'm great, guys. I hope you all are safe and well. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, We very much appreciate your listening. Congratulations on getting through. So you're trying to score. Uh, So, Vince, when you look at what is going on around the Southeastern Conference, first of all, you've got one heck of a run going when it comes to uh, predicting SEC games of late. Yeah, how about that? Uh, appreciate you checking out the blog at 991thesportsanimal.com in the blog section. And, um, yeah, four straight weeks of without missing a single SEC prediction and uh, 19-0 during that stretch. Obviously, there's been fewer games. And, you know, this time of year, I, I think it is a little bit easier to, uh, you know, to pick these games. At the beginning of the year, harder to know – uh, with an SEC-only schedule, how they were impacted in the preseason, but I think we're kind of getting a little bit better feel for who's what at this point. So, you know, it, it uh, it's still you know it's been fun and uh, got my overall record of 46 and nine in SEC picks and um, and so yeah, on a nice little run and we'll see about uh, this weekend and hopefully we'll have a full slate of games the rest of the way. And, uh, and of course, this will be, it'll be, I'm sure Friday's going to be weird. It's going to be the first time since August that you're not caught. Well, I guess there was one little window where that wasn't the case, but uh, no high school football for the first time since August. Yeah, it is strange. And thankful that we were, get to, we were able to get to our broadcast finish line. And um, just a lot, of, uh, a lot of hard work by all the schools. And, and you laid it out eloquently, John, in the, in the post game with Sam and Logan. Uh, just uh, you know the cooperation of all the schools, and uh, we got through the finish line, which did, did I don't know who was super optimistic about that happening at the beginning of the year, and just hope that uh, all those kids can get to the finish line, and uh, we can get through those uh, those championship games, and uh, and everybody will be safe, and we can put a bow on the on the overall season. But uh, yeah, it will be it will be strange for sure on Friday. Vince, we always appreciate it, and we'll remind folks that it's tomorrow night at 9 o'clock for this week's In the Cage, correct? That's right. Right after ball calls tomorrow night on 99.1, the Sports Animal. You can stream it there, listen free on the app, and then uh, on your smart speakers, however you, you listen, you can listen to it live, and then we'll podcast it afterwards uh, as well on 99.1, the Sports Animal.com. All right. That's Vince Ferrara. Vince, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Have a great rest of the week. You as well. Vince Ferrara joining us on the Stanley Fencing and Gates Hotline. His appearance brought to you by Waters Equipment.